0: multiverse season one and laura croft gets into cannibalism (laughs) num 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 welcome (laughs) friends listeners dear patreon if you are one of them wink wink nudge nudge uh welcome to triangle square to playstation podcast i am your host brett beck and alongside me as has been for quite some time now. The one, the only, the eponymous. Chris Figs. What's up, Brett? Bro, my computer just started sounding like a jet engine. Oh, boy. I, I almost wonder if you can hear it. It's never sounded this loud.
1: I can't hear it, but you should try putting it next to some steel beams. That's true. Maybe they'll melt. You can
0: learn a lot about how hot it may be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, (laughs) welcome. If you're new to the show, we welcome you. Hope you enjoy what you end up hearing and uh, what we talk about. We hope you end up being part of the community and joining around in with other people uh, and being part of the community's take where we look at the last episode, uh, main topic, and give you guys a chance to chime in. But we like to start the show off at a time-honored tradition, and that is a simple look at what Chris and I have been playing, and that is so that we can update each other on what may be worth playing, but as well as you guys on what may be playing in this uh, particular time. So, Chris, start with you as uh, I know one of your games, and I can break the fourth wall and say I can see your list. (laughs) But what you've been playing this week, uh, let the people know.
1: Uh, Killzone, Mercenary, as we both have been playing that. Speaking of both of us playing that, you should look who's in your match right now, because it's me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Wait, am I the host? Yeah, you're hosting. Look at that.
1: Double hosting I've done it.
0: for Brett Beck. Um, yep. hey. <laughs> not very many can do it, but I do it with a plum.
1: You could you do. I, I okay.
0: wish I could pull a fucking plum, the fruit, out right now. That would be top tier comedy. But alas. And then right there I pull a girl up from under these table. I'm t- this is just you can train this. <laughs> And then I pulled up the singer of Train. <laughs> yeah,
1: what you're saying is this needs to be a scripted show.
0: Um, but yeah, no, one time,
1: been, one time we should do a scripted one. I'm down. But yeah, no, uh, a lot of kills on Mercenary. Um, I've been playing Siphon Filter and some Apex Legends.
0: So what's up with Siphon Filter? Because I thought you already played that and said it was terrible <laughs> controlling. Because I mean, I it's played an old it game. on Vita. And
1: said it was terrible. Now I'm playing. I thought a, recently
0: that you'd play the I, PS5 one. Maybe it was someone else that I know who was like, "God, it's rough," which I assume it probably
1: is. Well, the end of my sentence was going to be, "I'm playing it on PS5, and it is terrible." But
0: <laughs> fair enough.
1: The game itself is good. Like I'm having fun. I like the story, but. I had to. You make fun of me all you want, but I had to follow a guide because I didn't know what the hell the game wanted me to do. I had no clue what
0: the game was trying to get me to do. So I threw on a guide,
1: and I was like, "Oh, okay."
0: Go ahead. I feel like that's par for the course for PS1 games. Not all, like, but you mm-hmm. know, outside of like the platformers that just point you in the direction you need to go, and it kind of becomes evident. Games that yeah. were a little bit more like, like, I'm gonna be honest, man. When I was a kid, Gear Solid One confused the shit out of me. Oh yeah, and it's still easily the le- the least accessible one of them all because it's designed <clears throat> in such a way where it's not always clear what it wants you to do, and no. you're kind of just like, maybe maybe this. It's easier to figure it out as an adult, but yeah, if you're just trying to experience the story, because I don't know how good the gameplay for the original Siphon Filter would be at this point. That's like so far removed in my memory that it's super fine. When I think of Siphon Filter, I really think of Logan and even the gameplay as they were for both of the PSP entries, which Mm -hmm. I guess is... Uh, recency bias because they're both the newest ones, uh, but I also just played the hell out of those; they were really good. Yeah, you, Make, sh- you should play those. Well, they'll probably be on
1: the PS Plus collection eventually, but they got the rated biggest, in
0: Korea, so I don't yeah, know why they haven't. But go ahead; they'll
1: show up. The biggest thing I can say about this is I am pretty sad that there is not more of these because it's kind of a it's a cool story to have like your super your secret spy like James Bond guy. Doing all this weird, like defusing random bombs and killing Russian women in trains. Which, oh my <laughs> god, dude, that mission! I don't know if you've you played Simon Filter One. Yeah, yeah, the original the mission one. where you have to dodge, where you have to dodge trains and shoot that woman while you're dodging. That was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I hated that.
0: I hated it. I hated it. As quite a frank, see, as a kid, it was cool, but that's because there was no context.
1: Yeah, So what it's neat cool mechanics (laughs) sucks to play like i I was not i was not having fun even the mission before that where everything is on fire but the game controls so bad and if you accidentally touch the fire you instantly die instantly pass away and it's like (laughs) i died in that fire
0: like 80 freaking times are you playing with the analog stick yeah you should probably play it with the, the D-pad uh, because that's kind of what it was de- like designed for. Yeah, I think it might actually help. As as crappy as that is, um, there well, are a few games that while they support analog stick control, like, You shouldn't play it. Them like basically, that. The, the analog stick is just trying to emulate the uh, the the D-pad, but it just doesn't work the same way.
1: <clears throat> I don't know, man. I. I like I like it enough that I'll probably see it through, and quite frankly, the tro- the platinum is easy enough that I'll see it through. But good lord, I'm glad I live I live now when games are
0: fun. <laughs> There's someone right now who's like PS One is the greatest game console in the greatest games library of all time. There's a lot of would, great games from PS One, but they yeah. don't. Context matters. They're great in your memory. And even then, they're great to replay when you've played them before. But if you were playing a lot of PS1 games for the first time without any kind of nostalgia tied to them right now, mm-hmm. I think not, I, I'll give it a little bit. I'd say eight out of ten games you would find like, oh, this is not really that good in modern context.
1: No. Well, even if they're well, still fun. It's This might be you, a hot you know? take, but it's people who will talk about like the, the SNES or the SNES. And they'll be like, oh, these games are all incredible. I know this is a little hyperbolic, but I'm going to say it anyway. All those games are the exact same thing.
0: 2D games Every fare game better with age the same. because you don't have to fumble through that weird no, no. 3D era for early. So, you know, you're, you're, well, I get where you're coming from, though. They're all very similar because they were limited to 2D. So a lot of the games are just not very similar,
1: Brett. Similar is not what I'm saying. They are the same. Jurassic Park, Super Mario World, Aladdin, and Castlevania are all the same game. They're all the same game. They just have slightly different mechanics. But you know what you do in all of them? You jump, you attack with the same button, and you move to the left. Sometimes you might move to the right, but not very often because they're all the same. You don't talk to me about, like, Earthbound or something like that. Like, fine. That's different. <laughs> but 99.9% of the SNES library is the same game over and over again.
0: Look, man, I'm going to let you have that. I don't know. I There's a lot of games I love, and I still will admit that they have, like, again, I'm going to call them similarities. They're <clears throat> all designed around the same basic design philosophy because they're it was what you had in the era of 2D games for the most part. You had those few standout games. Uh, but for the most part, you're right. I can't really think, you know, even games that would I would say are a little different. Like Sonic Spinball is one of my favorite Genesis games of all time. And I bring that up because I have more experience with the Genesis than I did the, uh, the SNES. Um, but point being... Some of my favorite games are games like Man and, uh, and Earthworm Jim later on and stuff, too, where they're very similar games in that regard. Uh, but the Pinball, which is essentially a, a platformer slash pinball game, which was awesome and amazing, and I love it. Right.
1: I'm not saying that you can't vary the games and do interesting stuff. What I can tell you
0: Prime is that rage,
1: you Ooh, can close crazy. your eyes and pick any game on my emulator machine. And you'd be able to play it because it's all the same. It's all the same fucking thing.
0: Oh, Dracula's no, Chris, here, and he's off to the accessible. left this time. It's a, it's accessible. Accessible. <laughs> <laughs> you can just turn any game on, and you know immediately how to play it. That's that. Uh, yeah, I. You know what? The I, golden, an the golden age of games were accessible. These new thing famed- three I'm dimensional games. These these fucking- where you can be a cat or a damn robot.
1: These these fucking boomers will sit here and go, oh you Gen Z, you got you got you, you're here with your participation trophies and everything is easier for you. All your fucking games were the same. That's a participation trophy, dog. All your games are the fucking same. All your games are the same. Okay? I got Apex Legends and I got God of War and I got Guilty Gear. You have Castlevania, Mario, Mario 2, Mario 3, Mario World, the Yoshi's Mario, Donkey Kong, which is the same as Mario, but with a monkey.
0: It's all the same game. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone right now that's like, he just listed the greatest games of all time. And I know I it. know. And I'm not a big Mario fan, so I'm just over here like, eh. If you have never played any of those Mario games
1: before, I could put I could put freaking doki doki whatever they they cloned mario with i could put the worst mario game from that era and what everyone calls the best mario game from that area in front of that person they wouldn't know the difference no chance they would know the difference
0: <laughs> yeah probably That's not freaking participation if put, trophies my ass. if you put two mario games in front of me i'd be like <laughs> yeah. honestly oh from that era like you know once you move into 3d i can clearly identify 64 sunshine the galaxy games i can't tell you if it's galaxy one or two but i can tell you it's probably a galaxy <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean but i, but, I might put
1: odyssey galaxy one and galaxy two next year and i bet you know without the obvious
0: you wouldn't tell me which is which because they're the same to be fair sonic one two and three and i'm this isn't against you because you you weren't acting like sonic isn't but for anybody who's looking sonic is also if, if you've never played a sonic game you can put sonic one two sonic and knuckles and sonic three and most people would be like and, and for, and for the <laughs>
1: record before anyone gets in the discord and comes at me and says this i am throwing stones and glass houses as a pokemon fan but i don't give a shit because i've been saying on this show that i want all the games to be the same i don't want them to change <laughs> so shove that shit up your ass
0: and leave me alone
1: Brett, what are you Uh, playing this week?
0: Can we do like a Chris rant section at the beginning of every episode now?
1: I'm down. I had fun. I like like you just bring up some
0: random topic. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I don't don't
1: agree with. I don't know that we need to talk about Red Dead anymore on this show.
0: (laughs) Maybe not. You're going to dedicate an entire episode to Red Dead Redemption.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna too. I'm gonna chase hard an interview <laughs> with someone from Rockstar North just so I can have them on the show. I can shit on the game the whole time with a person directly responsible for causing me misery on our show.
0: Oh no, it it is a funny idea to like frame it. Well, you're being incredibly nice the entire time, but you're framing them as like key card questions where it's like, all right, and you know what made what gave you the right. <laughs>
1: What are <laughs> you doing? Like, Red Dead what Red- gives you the right? You guys did a wonderful job. Um, I know you guys were crunching really hard on Red Dead Redemption 2. How much of that crunch could have been saved if you sped up the animations for opening drawers? <laughs> <laughs> Would someone not be divorced today if you sped up the animation for for opening drawers? And conversely, could you have spent more dev time on giving me a skip animation button? <laughs> love the
0: game. Doing great work. Could you answer that question for me? Could you have updated the online more than once? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Hauser, wonderful to see you. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to move on. Uh, Apex season 14 was clearly a new thing, too. You've been still loving your Apex grind? I have been still loving the Apex grind. There you it go. was great. I appreciate to For all the things today. you hate,
1: there's at least one thing you love. And again, I will preemptive strike. Every game of Apex is the same. Shut up. I still want to play. <laughs>
0: I don't even you have will to beat not devil's get me advocate. on the
1: hypocrisy here because I feel You're the hypocrisy.
0: It. I was born in it. <laughs> Molded, Molded by, by it. it. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I've been playing Kills on Mercenary as well and uh I gotta throw it out there. This is like a bittersweet, weird thing that, yeah, I, I had replayed this game last year, I had a fantastic time doing so, and I tried playing online back then, uh, and I got a few games, but they were pretty low, like pretty dead, not really active. And uh, you know, while it's real easy to say like, oh, you're only loving the game and playing it because it, because everybody's trying to get the trophies. You no, know, the, the trophies are the reason that everyone's coming back. But all that's doing is creating a situation in which the servers are full and you get to relive that feeling of what this game was like when it was really firing on all cylinders and PlayStation mm-hmm. hadn't shit, like, shit all over the Vita. Just completely <laughs> amber herded the whole situation. Oof. But <laughs> That was good. What do you think the chances are Sony
1: and, and Guerrilla are like, yo, game's huge right now. People just, like 50 million <laughs>
0: people just bought Bot Zone. What's going on? We got to keep the servers up. Dude, I'm not up. even kidding. I almost bought BotZone, but I thought, wait a minute. BotZone probably dies with the server. <laughs>
1: like, I, I almost don't know bought it, it, too. It.
0: And then I was just like, well, I can just spin around in circles
1: indefinitely. Because I was at the beginning when I wasn't sure how it worked. I was like, maybe I have to keep hitting this loadout button. And then I was eventually like, I'll just wait. And it spawned <laughs> me
0: back in. And I was like, cool, this is running overnight for the next week. And that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, it, it's been funny because I think a little differently, partially because of schedule and job and work relations and everything going on. Um, I have been not, I've been doing that at night while I'm sleeping Mm -hmm. um, and while I'm working. But if I'm in a situation where I can be playing the game, I have been mainlining nothing but this multiplayer and a little bit like, at one point last night, my thumb was hurting, like legit. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I got to take a break from multiplayer because what I've discovered is uh, there are good players still coming out of the woodworks but I'm really good at this game, which is not a surprise to me. Cause I was really good at kill zone three as well. And this in many ways is just kill zone three, um, with some nice, unique twist to it. Um, but I've been having a blast and so I'm, I'm really playing and I, my favorite thing is like when you get a group of an entire thing where of the eight people, either all eight people are actually playing and trying or at the you know worst case scenario, you have one person, maybe two, one on each team or not team because I haven't I've been doing free for all. It's my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's it's been that thing where it's like when it's firing on all cylinders, it's so fucking fun. But I'm working so hard, so I started doing some of the Intel runs because I needed to do it anyway to get some of the other trophies, and it still earns towards your Valor rank for the next day. So I've taken a few breaks, uh, but I have been mainlining. And at one point, that became apparent to me because I looked at Chris, and Chris online for the week had had like 40 kills online, and I was at like 411, <laughs> and I was like, okay, nice. I, I see where we are. That was like two days ago when I was looking. Well, it was funny because uh-huh. I was I was doing the
1: document for the show, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll leave this. Uh, I usually put a comma so you can add more games if I know one of the games you did. And in this one, I was like, Killzone Mercenary, period, on yours. <laughs> I was like, I know this dude has not played another once, game. Once,
0: you, once you've got me to finally do it, yeah. uh, and I was like, all oh, right, we're doing it, I have not touched anything else at all. <laughs> not even remotely. Yeah. My, I, my wife has just been like, what's going on? I said, listen, you just have to understand, this is grind time. It's ground time baby. I said I can spend time with everyone, I can talk with people, I can do everything after the 12th. I can't do this after the 12th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that part, of, we both I think part of aces. it was that and Me too, man. I think the I think the thing that really got me is that the first real match that I got into where it was like a full match and it, I was like, dude, yeah, I forgot how fun this was. Mm-hmm. And then it was just became this thing where it was like a whole night where I messaged, you know, I was like, dude, I started to just try and play one match and ended up being a full thing. And like me and five other people were actually going at it. And that turned into the rest of the three, three hours before bed of me just being like, fuck yeah, <laughs> going at it. And then the next day was just the entire day. It was just like, I, it was all of Sunday. <clears throat> I just mainlined like 12 hours of mercenary. but It was a good time. I had, I had a good time. It's um, a lot of fun. <clears throat> I can't, believe, and I, I get it because there's not sales and there's all these business numbers and things, but this goes back to that idea of thinking with your calculator, like <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. Uh, but I can't believe they closed down Cambridge because I can't imagine that the benefits they got from the knowledge of sheer tech benefit that they had from that team wasn't worth keeping around in some form or capacity, even if it's not for original titles as some kind of a support or satellite studio or something like that, because there's so many things about this game. I have still yet to be wowed in the way that I am consistently wowed right now, partially because of the context of it being the Vita. But I have not had a game on Switch make me go, holy shit, I can't believe I'm playing this on a handheld. And that has not happened for Switch at all. But there's been multiple times where I've been replaying campaign missions yet again. And I'm like, this is so fucking cool. Dude, the beginning Mm -hmm. mission where you come in and you go and you end up suit... And it's cool that it's all in engine. All the cutscenes are like real time and it transitions the gameplay flawlessly on a handheld... Jumping out of that first building and then skydiving through the whole city and then landing into that other thing and smoothly going right back in the gameplay. I was like, this shit feels like I'm playing a straight up console game, more so than anything on Switch has ever done. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> it's it's weird. Um. So I'll I'll continue to sing my praises for Killzone probably for the next few things, but I can't believe that with how crazy technical this game is, was able to pull off on the on the limited uh, stuff of the Vita, that they didn't keep them around. I mean, uh, Rigs, their PSVR game, was also crazy good looking. And it was really fun, and it just didn't sell enough, and that sucks. But RIP Cambridge, you did great. Your game is fun. Uh, j- literally, the only thing I think I have to complain about is that you did not clearly outline how the fuck the Valor system works. Yeah. <laughs> God. That's it. That's that's genuinely well, my only issue see, with the game. I'll, I'll
1: play I'll play Devils Advocate on this one. Killzone.com is dead yeah. and it could
0: very well be somewhere in those forums, but we just can't find Maybe. it. Anymore. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. but it should be in your game. And the same thing I've always said about Destiny, if for me to to have like your your game's story, if I have to leave your game and go elsewhere, mm-hmm. you've you've made a mistake. Yeah. So I've like, already, cause if you're, if I get into the story and then I decide to go onto your website and read the story with your damn, uh, whatever cards that you got in destiny, I can't remember what they're called anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, that's such a grimoire cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a, that's such a bad idea because you're just telling me to leave your game on a game. That's whole point is to thrive under people being consistently in the game. So whatever it is what it is. Um, but other than that, oh. uh, I was talking about Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth um, last week, and I ended up grabbing that and playing that. And I, before Killzone Mercenary, I put about 15 hours into that the past week because I was really into that. That's all I was doing because, again, I hyper-fixate on games. Mm. So I will go back to Cyber Sleuth most likely after Killzone is out of my system. Um, but point being, Cyber Sleuth is really fun, and... I, I'm really not trying to shit on the Vita. I mean, I shit on the on the Switch. That's kind of ironic. But as much as I was liking Rune Factory 5, I just think the game is so bad looking <laughs> and it ran so poorly that Cyber Sleuth looks phenomenal on Vita. And I watched a friend play it on Switch and I can't tell the difference. And I'm like, wow, good for them. So it's one of those things where I'm just kind of appreciating the Vita more. The whole point of me doing Cyber Sleuth, which I could have done on Switch uh, and maybe even a little easier, was just having a reason to play my Vita again. And I've I've been glad to do so. Been very good. Very fun. Um, If you haven't played Cyber Sleuth, it's really fun. Um, It's kind of... It, it does a lot of the Digimon – I mean, it does a lot of the Pokemon ideas, but it does them in the Digimon way that I think has always made Digimon slightly more interesting than Pokemon, whether or not it's better. The ideas are interesting. I love the idea – what, Chris? Go ahead. What's that face? I, okay. <laughs> okay. Let me say, interesting to me, clearly. That, I love I've- Pokemon. But the, let me go through what I'm talking about, and and maybe you'll understand. Uh, but I'm happy to let where you I'm tell. coming from is that I like that there's way more planning that goes into when did you evolve, what did you evolve into, to de-evolve so that you can eventually get to a different pre-form, so that you can re-evolve into a different thing, so that you can go down a different evolution tree, and that creates a really interesting things where it's like okay. You're going to rotate through Digimon more because you want to get to a certain end goal point. I think it makes the leveling process feel more interesting and feels like you're getting a sense of. And part part of this is the way I'm playing. I play Pokemon. I end up choosing a team, and then you kind of get tired of seeing the same team consistently. Eventually, not like super tired, but enough to where it's like, ah, I should probably switch something else in, but I know this team too well. So I like that. I like the aspect that they changed catching into something where it's like the more you battle with them, the more you scan them. This is specific to Digimon because it's digital, but I like the idea that you scan something enough times and you can just recreate it in the lab and then have that Digimon as part of your group and team. So those things are cool. I think that a biggest thing is that Pokemon stories in their games have always been simplistic because they're meant to be for kids. Digimon's always tried to have slightly more mature stories. Um, and Cyber Sleuth is really fun. And the fact that there's a story that's compelling me to play it. Um, so for those reasons, I'm really enjoying it. I'm also looking forward to Violet. And actually we got to talk about Violet and Scarlet right now, Chris. Oh yeah. Let's talk
1: about Violet and Scarlet. Great colors. What are your
0: thoughts? Can't wait.
1: I'm going to buy them. Okay. Probably buy both of them. Cause I'm a incredibly I, insane.
0: I think it looks fine. Like it looks good enough. Uh, I'm, it's no Digimon. There's things. There's <laughs> look. I'm I'm putting that aside right now. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about how stupid the legendaries look becoming. I love the legendaries. Are you joking? <laughs> I think it's. I hate it. I, I, okay, hate's a strong word. I think it looks really goofy. In a way that is hard. I, I don't even know why I'm surprised because Pokemon's so kid-friendly. But it, it makes me think. It makes my mind go immediately. And maybe it's that I'm jaded. And there's that jaded part of Yu-Gi-Oh! Decided to put Duelist on motorcycles with five Ds when I was a teenager. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you you hate on things. I mean, I'm wrong. I still ultimately think the idea of putting Duelists on a motorcycle is stupid. Even if apparently that season it's got some cool stuff in it or that that series. So maybe it's that. But it just looks so cheesy. <laughs> I don't know. But bigger gameplay uh, things that are going to come down from it. I think it's pretty weird to basically be starting the game with the titular legendaries. That's why I'm almost like I'm curious as to what's happening. Is there... There's got to be another trio? Maybe? I don't know. It's like how much are they going to change of Pokemon right now? It's a good question. I think You my don't biggest, want to change anything. so
1: Nothing at all. I think my biggest problem with the legendaries is that they're clearly motorcycles, but they run with feet. It's like, dog, you drew tires on them. Just make the tires go. The tires can be their feet. Why do they have feet? They have tires. <laughs> I mean, I make it make sense, Brett.
0: Man, make it make sense. I can't do that one. Um, outside of cyber sleuth, been, uh, still doing my old school runescape here and there. Uh, I clearly Killzone killed that for a little bit, but today I decided to hop in and finish leveling out my uh defense training that I was doing. Uh so your boy hit 70 defense. So I can wear the cool stuff now. Um <laughs> <That's laughs> but weird. yeah, I, I basically I'm training so I can do more questing, because questing is where the fun is in RuneScape. Uh training is all right. I mean, I got I made a bunch of money off of training, so that's cool. But uh that's it. So, I guess that means it's time to move into the news, but that's actually not right because before that, it's time to move into the community's take, which I see we did not do on here. My bad. No,
1: that's I will funny.
0: get those pulled up. Oh, that's okay. You spoiled me, Chris. You've led me to believe that they will be in this document. <laughs> that's a good point. It's okay, though. We all fail. But when wow. we fail, it's about how much harder we can come back and succeed. Okay, The Rock. listen man oh drive it's well my laptop just died because apparently it's not plugged in my bad
1: all right we will go to discord the community state question was how do you typically approach gaming do you move fast between a lot of games per day slash week do you hyperfixate on a single game until you completed it or decide you're done or do you land somewhere in between to that question, we have Rude Days 93 who says, uh, I usually have a nice chunk of games I'm going through and many moving pieces. Right now with friends, I play Fortnite and Rocket League. Forza 5 and Fall Guys are the games I play while listening to podcasts. And I have a few story games going on right now with Wolfenstein, As, Duck fall, As Dusk Falls. Although I would play the hell out of it, As Dusk Falls. As Ducks Fall. <laughs> <laughs> and Horizon of Forbidden West. They shuffle around when I finish or just drop the game for something but usually i have at most seven to ten games going unless i get really into the story of a game like mass effect i'll basically just play through until completion this usually helps me stay away from having that burnout on games that can occasionally happen uh my man as uh denzel washington would say because i vibe with that very hard
0: yeah I definitely think that I know you're a big listen to podcast play games, that's actually Saul's mm-hmm. thing too. I can only do that with certain types of games, and I tend to focus on games that are very story-heavy, and so that doesn't work for me. But I think if I played more games like Kills on Mercenary, I've actually been kind of not podcasting, but I've been t- doing the TV thing that I do. I've been rewatching uh, The Hard Times of R.J. Berger. It's not mm-hmm. on any fucking streaming service, so I just bought the seasons on Amazon because fuck it all. I like the show enough anyway. I already know that. Um, but I just felt like someone should know MTV owns this fucking series and doesn't have to do anything but put it on something. They have Paramount Plus. All their stuff's on Paramount Plus, except for fucking RJ Burger. I went through it yesterday. I was like, this is pointless. Also, well, I, Paramount Plus has got terrible UI. It's super slow and clunky and ugh, I, nothing I hate worse than bad streaming service UI. Well,
1: maybe they know that RJ Burger is just packing too much heat.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah I, I think that the uh, the idea of kind of being able to do that I think I need to start working on myself trying to have a game that is multiplayer where I can come in and out of it a little easier without having to worry about getting hyper fixated on it but I'm gonna have to really fight myself not to get hyper fixated on it because Killzone should have been that Killzone has okay oh Killzone has an excuse I have to be done with all August the online 12th. aspects by the 12th but
1: it sounds like you're saying you're finally going to accept one of my apex
0: invites i don't know about that one chris Man, maybe. Fuck you. Hey, you know what? Keep, keep hope alive. You can't have no in your heart. Life's hey, man. Dig
1: it. I got super into Yu-Gi-Oh! Because you wanted me to. You could play one fucking game of Apex with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't want you to get into Yu-Gi-Oh! I just wanted you to try Yu-Gi-Oh! And then you got super into it. You hyper fixated, sir. You knew that would happen. You know me well enough to know I, that when you I said we're going to go buy
1: some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, hey, you hey, knew hey. I was
0: going to spend $400 at once. <laughs> L- listen, no, I know that now. <laughs> I had inklings in my mind, but I thought that your level of lack of self-control was specifically towards video games. I didn't realize that it extended also into everything. <laughs> it's
1: everything.
0: <laughs> but I know now in the future. Is coming along. Hey, I mean, your Yu-Gi-Oh! card collection ain't half bad. I just wish you lived closer, because then you could be part of Yu-Gi-Oh! night more easily. Yeah, right. Maybe one day, Chris. Maybe one day. (laughs) Or maybe Quest will eventually get so... You know, the metaverse will get so good that you can just be here without actually being here. Oh, yeah. I I would like that. Make it happen, Fuckerberg. I mean, Zuckerberg. (laughs) Uh, What a bad name, you know? It's not just. Cuckerberg. You, you have so many ways to go with it. It's just... Too much Sun you know. Man, you ever have people that you give nicknames that you know that they'll put up with, but they really dislike it? No. Not really. Uh, well, I guess that's the benefit of, uh, of, a, of a relationship. I, every now and then, just to ignore my wife, I'll call her Buckles because her last name used to be Buckley. Oof. And... I think that she did not care for that last name. So she she likes her new one better. But used to, whenever she just like start getting on my nerves a little bit about something, I'd be like, all right, settle down, Buckles. And I told her that her name, it sounded like the name of a horse. And I still think it does.
1: It does sound like the name of a horse, correct? So,
0: yeah. So, you know, that's uh, we're having fun. We're having a good time. But if you ever see my wife on the street, first of all, How? you don't even know what my wife looks like Um, I guess you could find that out pretty easily that's not pretty easily done so never mind I'm sorry for being if I'm ever in a position
1: to call your wife buckles I'm pretty sure I'm not because I don't want to get kicked out of the only place I'm staying (laughs) fair enough (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah but I don't know man Wolfenstein as thus falls in Horizon Forbidden West like that that's too many for me and I think it's because one of them will inevitably take over. And that's that's always my problem. What, a game... Well, and somebody actually kind of mirrors that with someone they were talking about. Uh, I think it might have been over on Facebook. I'm trying to get to a point where I can more easily see all these things since my laptop's back up. Um, but... Oh, what is going
1: on? Wouldn't the hope kind of be that it does take over? Right? Because that's I what... Mean, when I, when I download a bunch of games, like I'm hoping one of them will just be like the game I want to play. Like, I hope when I play some star ocean that I'm like, Oh, this is sick. I'm going to play the hell out of this. Probably won't happen.
0: But I mean, yes, that is what I want to happen. But the moment that happens, it'll become an issue. (laughs) But here, here it is. Uh, my buddy Cody McGinnis, he says, I basically bounce around games until one of them really draws me in. That's not quite what I do, but it's closer. Because what it happens is, is I can play a few games here and there. I can rotate through a couple. But it really is like a one and I'm done and then I keep going through until I find one and then one super draws me in and then I hyperfixate. So it's not like I have an issue or I hyperfixate on everything when I don't want to. It's more like I'll hyperfixate on something because it's good. I've never hyperfixated on something I've hated. That would worry me. If I was like, <laughs> "Bro, I cannot stand Apex Legends, but I cannot quit playing it." That was my example for uh, for good reason, Chris.
1: You sound like an Apex Legends player.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. You But no, really. There's never been a out? game I'm addicted to that I've hated. As this hasn't happened for me, thankfully. Um it's like when people do the, like, oh, I'm starting to hate this game, but I'm still going to go. I, I hate this game, but I'm going for platinum. Why do you want a platinum for a game you hate? Because <laughs> it's a platinum, dog. You got to get them gains, them
1: platinum gains. How am I? How would I hit 100 if I didn't? You definitely played games you hated during the competition, but at the end, when you just fucked
0: me for no reason... <laughs> That's like the that's going to be like the tale as as old as time for this show is that I came in and did a sneaky redo because you weren't paying attention to my trophies. That was I the smartest was thing I've ever done. It, you it were good. solely relying on the fact that I would tell you that I got a platinum. I was, because I always do. More importantly, the only game I played that I didn't even have time to figure out if I hated it or not is that game that we talked about where you cross the street. I didn't realize how easy a platinum was going to be. I can't even remember <laughs> so what it was called. Dumb. It's like to- uh, it
1: wasn't Tokyo Run, it was something along those lines. I still think you should play Tokyo Run so you can see how goddamn racist that game is. It's shocking that it's on the PS Store.
0: Well, uh, but yeah, I, even during then I only played games I liked. I liked that, uh, dude. A lot of those, um, a, a lot of those Red games are fun. Yeah, they're good. I think that they're they're really well priced, well designed, get in and get out types of games that are fun, and you can have your like time with them. I, dude, Paradox Souls was fun. I really liked that game. That was a little Metroidvania one. Yeah. I thought that game was cool. It was definitely all right. Uh, but I, I'm not acting like it was game of the year or anything. But I enjoyed every game I platinum besides that one where you run across the street. But I can't even say that I enjoyed it or hated it because I literally played it for five minutes. Got to bearings with the controls, and by the time I was like, oh, okay, I think I kind of know how to do this, I had the Platinum, and I was like, well, I guess I don't really need to play this <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so, fair enough. I've gotten close to playing a game that I hate for a Platinum, but it hasn't happened yet. To be fair, I don't uh, think I, I hate any
1: of the games I have Platinums in.
0: That's a good thing, ultimately. Uh, all right, we're going to get a few more here. Let me see. We have uh, Matt Green. He says, depends on story whether I fixate or not. If it's an open world, I tend to burn out on side quests and get bored and then rush the main quest. That is exactly the issue I have with certain open worlds when they have the issue of being designed in such a way that their side quests are not as engaging as the main quests. So they feel like something that's giving you burnout. That happened with Horizon Forbidden West, bad for me. And then suddenly I was like, "I got to suddenly, I I got to mainline the the story and get it over with because I just want to be done." Um, And that's an unfortunate place to end up because that's where I feel like this modern thing of trying to accommodate the biggest audience, which I get. There's benefit there for people that like mindless side quests. You by putting them into your game, you uh, you accommodate them, you cater to them, but you don't necessarily. You're not doing anything that's going to hurt the people who don't want that because they could choose to ignore it. But I'm basically of the mindset where why would you want to spend all that time and money and budget and, and artistry making side content that people don't really genuinely find great? I don't but know. i ask not Dan when he comes on the show. <laughs> don't get mad at me if, Dude, if we could land dan hauser that'd be sweet actually
1: if we could land dan hauser if you think i'm doing anything other than sucking the man's dick you're wrong <laughs> <laughs>
0: are you gonna, gonna bring it up Red first
1: Red like, oh, yeah. metaphorically
0: i mean listen i can <laughs>
1: so all he's got to do is ask
0: <laughs> okay i thought you were gonna say like those states that have a filming thing where it's a both consent versus single consent. <laughs> and I was like, that's not how it works, buddy. If states had single consent sexual things, that that would be a bad state. I would, would not be think that's a bad state. state to live in. That would be a bad state to live in. Do not live there. Uh, anyway, moving along. Uh, I like that answer, though. Burnout gets real rough. Uh, we have constantly Kenny, one of our patrons, he says, and Matt Green's also one of our patrons. He says, uh, I usually keep a few games going at once. I have a multiplayer to play with friends and a single player game to play when I'm not doing multiplayer. I also have a couple of mobile games that I can play for a few minutes while on the go. That is where I hope to end up. If I can have what my balance I'm trying to create is a, a an at home console game an at-work, on-break, on-lunch, handheld game, and a multiplayer game. I want to see if I can manage to work that out without getting hyper-fixated on one too severely. So, Chris, we're going to have to find it. If, If that does mean that Apex Legends becomes that game for me, I guess I'll have to finally give in and download Apex. Download it, download it. Uh, sadly it. it's just one person. Too bad, like the rest of the listenership can't just be there chatting alongside you. Yeah. I'll invite maybe, them all maybe. in the
1: next episode just so that we can all do that.
0: If you pull that off, I
1: I'll yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh for the record, the game is called Road Bustle.
0: Road bustle. That's, that's yep. a bad name. <laughs> it's a terrible name. I mean it's not very memorable. It perfectly describes the game. There's yeah, a road with a, a bustle on it. It's a bustle of roads. Hmm. All right, let's see. I'm going to do one more. I think one more is a good way. And let's go to Mark Schutz, one of our patrons. He says, I tend to mainline one game to completion before I move on to something new. Only occasionally will I be working on more than one large game at once. And then usually one on each console rather than bounce from game to game. I guess he means bounce from game to game on a single console. Um, I can kind of see how there can be a split between like this is a game I'm playing on Xbox or PC and this is a game I'm playing on PlayStation. Uh, I think that's more easily doable, but he's definitely in line with my thing. And I don't know if that comes down to responsibilities that I have or, or what, uh, or I, I really, it's something I've always done though. You know, it's, this is going to sound weird, but I think I may know why I got this way. Growing up, we, all the games I played growing up were hand-me-down games. I, think the first brand new game I ever got was Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories for Game Boy Advance because I begged for it for Christmas and I got it brand new and then I got Pokemon Sapphire uh, brand new as well and that was when I was young up until then I didn't really buy games brand new day one until I had the PS3 my mom started and even then it was very few and far between but I think the issue is that I usually only had one game at a time, and so I became acquainted with gaming with only having one game to lose myself in. And I think that that's carried on to where even though I have the ability to play hundreds of games because of money and access and all these different things, my brain's still like, yeah, but I really like it when you just super play one game. That checks out, I I feel like. But, uh, all right, I think, uh, Chris, unless there's one that you want to grab, I think we are wrapping up on that particular section of the show. What do you think? No, I'm okay. I feel like all the answers,
1: wonderful to have them. They all kind of were around the same spot, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think more people kind of exist in that middling area, which is good. Glad to hear it. Uh, I'd rather that than every single person be spastic or hyperfixating. But, yeah. Hey, everybody, play games however you want, though. I'm not judging. Uh, Moving on from there. Yeah, Chris is... Chris Jones. Wait a minute. Are you Kratos? Yes, boy. Anyway. (laughs) No, boy. Uh, Let's see. We've got the news. And the news this week seems pretty slim pickings. Um, But that's okay. First piece of news up. Evo announcement teased last week came to light this week during the tournament multiverse has announced that season one battle pass is delayed into next month. It brings with it Rick and Morty and a LeBron James skin of him as Batman's Robin, as well as supposedly 50 tiers of items in the pass itself. Another big announcement was the teaser from Tekken director, Katsuhiro Harada of something. Yeah. <laughs> so, Probably the next Tekken. It would seem the announcement is for the next entry in the Tekken series, but the not officially, but probably canceled Tekken Cross Street Fighter could always be the next game coming from Bandai Namco. That would be interesting. Because that was all of the two. That was always the one I was more interested in. All I can tell you, I remember um, Street Fighter Cross Tekken had that hyper buff Cole. Do you remember that? Yeah. Dude, he looked super swole. He looked ridiculous, in all honesty. I kind of want to find it real quick. Street Fighter, Cross Tekken, Cole. My man looked like he just swallowed roids for three weeks. So buff. Oh, my God. Look at this man. He looks terrible. (laughs) Nothing about seeing him makes me think of Cole. It looks like a big muscly guy cosplaying Cole, <laughs> but that was the that's the the world we live in. Uh, speaking of cool characters, though, I like when they come in in more untouched ways. Uh, Soul Calibur Broken Destiny had Kratos. That was a PSP game, PSP fighting game. And I think it's coming to... uh, It seems to be leaked that it's coming as a uh, PSP classic for PS5. Um, But that game has the PSP versions of Kratos from uh, Chain of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta. And and you can play him and he looks pretty much exactly like his PSP game counterpart. That's cool. I almost would have preferred them to just put Cole's character model into Street Fighter Cross Tekken. And that would have made it seem more unique than having this JoJo's Bizarre Adventure build, Cole. <laughs> but that's okay. you know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> next up, Modern Warfare 2 beta dates. PlayStation gets early access from September 16th through 17th. And then the open beta starts for them 18th through the 20th, the 22nd through the 23rd, and the 24th through the 26th Uh, on xbox and pc the early access starts on the 22nd of september through the 23rd and then the open beta gets one round from the 24th through the 26th at the same time as the last round on playstation of course i'm sure that's due to contractual agreements with having uh marketing with playstation uh but it's interesting as we continue to exist in this realm of seeing if um Activision is going to be bought by uh, Microsoft, which does seem to be happening. Um, any thoughts on that, Chris? I know you're a big Call of Duty man, so where are you at? Uh, I'm excited. I'm definitely
1: going to probably pre-order so I can get into the early beta, which that is the early access. If you pre-order, you get into it. Um, <clears throat> and I think it looks really good. Um, I'm looking forward to it, so I'm excited to, to get my hands on the, the game.
0: Now, if I remember right, yeah with this game not necessarily at launch but with this game is supposed to be the follow-up to warfare right our uh, Warzone, rather um but it's if i remember at least jason schreier's report was that it probably wasn't going to launch until the first half of 2023 but it's supposed sorry, to what? coincide with oh. this game kind of the way that Warzone coincided with the first modern warfare yeah supposedly they haven't even talked about it i don't think yeah it's funny uh one of my coworkers who plays warzone constantly um was saying yeah i'm ready for the new call of duty it's gonna bring with the new warzone i'm like i'm pretty sure that's not happening at launch and he's like oh well that sucks yeah he still likes the normal call of duty multiplayer but uh apparently there's something going on out and about there as to where people are thinking it's coming with it but uh, you being the big apex man are you gonna i mean do you did you ever get in the warzone no like seriously very good I don't like Warzone. Those are two very different statements.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, it's plagued with cheaters, so it's not very good. Speaking of cheaters,
0: how many of them have you ran into on uh, Mercenary?
1: Not enough to have a conversation about them, personally. You've played significantly. You've actually played significantly more of the multiplayer than me. So (laughs) That's fair.
0: I'm getting murdered right now (laughs) as I look over and see my screen. (laughs) Uh, Ah, murder. All right, next thing up. This one's unfortunate. Marvel's Midnight Suns has moved its date from October until somewhere later in the financial quarter, which ends in March. Uh, 2K says the delay is to ensure the best possible experience for fans, notably while the PS5 and Xbox Series S and X versions list a tentative date. The PS4 and Xbox One versions only list TBA now. I would be incredibly surprised to see the last-gen versions get canceled. I wouldn't. Um, we've seen crazier things, though. Just because dev time has been spent on it doesn't mean anything. They canceled the Batgirl film when it was basically completed, not completed, but very close. So all things are possible now through Christ.
1: Everything I read about that movie sounds so bad that I'm like,
0: I'm glad you guys got rid of that. (laughs) I like Brendan Fraser a lot, though, and I was really I wanted to see him in the back row movie. Yeah, he was going to be the villain.
1: Oh, no, I'm sad. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. And then I'm not I wasn't as worried personally about Michael Keaton coming back because, first of all, that's happening in the Flash movie that we know is still happening, at least currently. Man's a thousand years
1: old. I don't know. Ezra Miller might beat the shit out of that
0: movie and it'll never kind of just break it. I still feel like they should have saved Michael Keaton's Batman strictly for Batman Beyond. That's how you make it make sense. Then you're not having to pull weird crap to make it happen. You just get to go, oh, this is happening in his world and that original Batman's world. Here's the new Batman Beyond and he's Bruce to the Terry. That's how you pull that off. But it's like, no, we have to use multiverses and time travel. Stop, guys. You can do these <laughs> things within the worlds that they originated in if you're not an idiot.
1: <laughs> well, it's also like I, I, always, I, was, I think I said it to you. I'm like, why isn't Robert Pattinson pay, playing uh, Terry McGinnis and the beginning is him and Batfleck just like training? Like, that would have been so sick. Dude,
0: realistically, with how dark that version of Batman chose to go and the fact that they chose to lean heavily in on the red and black color scheme. It should have been Batman beyond. It should have.
1: I feel like the Bruce Wayne name is just too important, which I don't understand.
0: I don't either, but definitely, I guess here's the problem, right? The crux of the Batman Beyond story, which I do—I will not say just an, on the off chance that something ever comes, and I don't want to ruin that surprise for anybody who doesn't know, because sadly, Batman Beyond is still a niche enough show that people don't know the story. I'm going to operate under the assumption that you do know what happens in that story. I do, yeah. That would be such a crazy cool reveal, and I think that the reveal could have really worked within the confines of how they were setting up the mystery here. Mm-hmm. Maybe they still could have been great. Who knows? Because you know, know.
1: Mr. Affleck is back for Aquaman. Fifty years.
0: Yeah. What's up with this? I'm 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 done playing Batman. Never mind. Ha ha.
1: (laughs) Maybe he just really didn't like you know Joss Whedon, which makes sense because nobody likes Joss Whedon. Not anymore. And then, um, and maybe he didn't like Jeff Johns.
0: I don't know. I don't know. The the new guy that's coming in is a big Snyder fan. Um, so Bring maybe he's getting pulled back in that's like, hey guys, listen. Dude, if they brought back I know that there's people that disagree with this. I like Snyder's movies. If they brought Snyder back in and got the Snyderverse going, not that he wants to do it. Not that it even needs to happen.
1: I'm just saying. I'd that be down leech, to at
0: least I'd be down to see that first movie.
1: I would because the leaked story sounds worse than anything anyone else could have done. I'd I'm glad it's not being made. <laughs>
0: Sounds You're talking about the, uh, the original uh, follow up for yeah, like his um, pitch for Justice how League? the
1: universe goes with Bruce Wayne or Superman's kid being Bruce's kid. Fuck that. I don't want to see that shit ever. Oh man, nah, I'm, I, I think delete be the Snyder really interesting. That's an awful. Are you joking? That's fucking yeah, terrible. I, I like that, that, is, that is character assassination beyond The Amazing Spider like, nah, Man. Like, fuck off with that shit.
0: <laughs> Beyond They're the best book. friends are you kidding me <laughs> yeah but this is also a universe where we're looking at superman losing his damn mind that was the the point of that but Art. that's not even when it
1: happens <laughs> he loses his mind because of it which is worse Hey, <laughs> I, I don't know man god i hate you i'm glad that doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm gonna hope it happens even harder now.
1: <laughs> well, thank God everyone seems to hate Zack Snyder now, so it's not happening. Hey, you know, that's just all right. give it all to Matt Reeves. Give Christopher Nolan a hundred okay million that. dollars. Let him and Matt Reeves produce the whole universe. Make him Kevin Feige. Hire Kevin Feige. He's losing his touch. We'll move on to someone else. We'll get. <laughs>
0: I, dude, I was about Rod to say back. if uh, if if whatever. What is it? The fourth? What do you even? What is this? Wave four? (laughs) Phase Phase four? Whatever. We're in phase five right now. We're about to be. uh, Okay, but phase four is is what we've been dealing with, right? Yes. Yeah. If I looking at phase four, there's no way in hell I would hire Kevin Feige. Feige, whatever his name is. I mean, I think phase four is fine. If it's decidedly okay, it's yeah. That's all right. That's a conversation for a different day, Chris. If Phase 4 happened instead of Phase
1: 1, nobody would be talking about it. Like, it's bad. Everyone expects a huge thing to be at the center, and it's not there yet. Doesn't mean the
0: movies aren't bad. I thought Shang-Chi sucked. But, like, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) Oh, there's bad movies in in Phase 1 of Marvel as well. I mean, they... Yeah, I mean, I know. Thor
1: 2 is in Phase 1, or Phase 2, is one of them.
0: (laughs) Thor 2 is one of
1: the worst movies of all time. It's an abomination blake
0: yeah thor thor one's not great either it's, it's not thor 2 so you got that
1: going for it Great scene, <laughs> yeah it's got one good scene it does great. it has a lot of dutch angles which is just embarrassing for something <laughs> not made by an eight-year-old dutch angles are only cool if, as a child why would i want I them mean, in a big budget movie oh look <laughs> at that i angled my camera isn't the rural desert of new mexico really cool now Fuck you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Chris, I just want you to do a, 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 I want you to like shit all over the Marvel movies that you think are bad and just, we can film that and have that. I wonder if there's a platform we could do that on. Mm. matinee <laughs> maybe? Uh, yeah. And then we can get canceled. And then that 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 could be the excuse as to why midweek matinee doesn't happen anymore. Not because we're both <laughs> incredibly busy and <laughs> playing kill zone. That's the reason yeah, right. that midweek matinee has not happened, is not happening. We're trying to get damn trophies, guys. Get off of our backs. Uh, yeah. Midnight Suns, I think you said, which I agree with this, I think it was coming out at a point in time where when they originally announced it, the end of the year seemed kind of barren. Like you know Call of Duty's coming, because it always is, but we didn't know about God of War. There are a lot of big games. We didn't know about The Last of Us at that point in time. I think there's enough big swingers from more prominent genres and more accessible commercial genres than what Marvel's uh, Midnight Suns is, that Moving it away from there means that if you move it to a time period where there's less stiff competition, you can put it in a time period where people who are not familiar with the genre will still be willing to maybe pick it up on a whim and then may end up loving it, which can get you better out of the gate sales. I think putting it between all of those very you know high highly anticipated... At least highly talked about games because the Last of Us remake seems to be hit or miss on people online. You know that online voice we always talk about. Uh, people act like they hate it, but I think everyone would be fooling themselves if they don't think that the Last of Us remake sells. Books. That's really where we are. Uh, Chris, you're muted. It's a nice another five million seller for them. It's gonna be interesting if it sells even more I'm gonna hold off because I think that the game's gonna see a huge spike in sales when the HBO series comes true true but even day one the game's gonna do well you think that
1: game's gonna end and we get a teaser for the HBO show like how they did uh slides probably 4 or whatever. why not why not I would. I'm still surprised they didn't make Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey the main... They didn't change the models. I'm blown away they didn't change the models.
0: I knew they wouldn't. When we had that conversation forever back, I said there's no way in hell they'll do it. Now, I I guarantee you, when the show launches, they're going to do a free update where you can choose to play as skins for Joel and Ellie, but the default is still always going to be original Joel and Ellie. If they want to make that work, they bring in
1: Pedro and Bella to do it, do the whole thing again, revoice it. They won't. That would that would be crazy. But that would be cool. That
0: the would Pager, be interesting, yeah.
1: They could even charge for that shit. Knowing Sony it's a $70 <laughs> DLC upgrade.
0: Dude, if it's $70, no way. If that's like a $10 DLC, sure. There's no way a $10 DLC is
1: worth it for them to do it. 20 bucks, it comes with left behind skins.
0: It comes with left behind also redone. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Pedro Pascal Uh, is the black girl. I can't remember her (laughs) name. (laughs) Riley? Yeah, Riley.
0: Uh. (laughs) That would be great. That would be hilarious. That That I would probably. That is ripe for a lot of things. All right. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's the biggest thing. I think it's just being moved because it makes the most sense. They won't come out and say that because I don't think anybody ever wants to say, hey, we're moving our game because we don't think it'll perform as well as we hope it would with these games because that makes your game, it makes people look at your game and go, ooh, maybe it's not gonna be very good if they don't have high hopes for it. But it's just the realistic nature of the market. Now we could be wrong. It may not actually be that. It could be that the game needs more time. But they showed enough of it and, and came out of the gate with that date. I think that they were able to hit that date and it just became increasingly a better idea for them to move that date. Um, I don't know, Chris, you clearly originally had that thought. Do you have anything else you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when I posted the news, I think we got a lot of... It was someone who was saying, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it got canceled. So I'm like, it's definitely not getting canceled. It's just not releasing at a good time. Because it's a niche title that's already not going to sell well. And then you're going to put it next to God of War, Call of Duty, Last of Us. You know, I guess you could include Saints Row there if you really want to. Like, it's not it's not worth putting out in that time frame. If they could, I, they should have hit their original release date. You know, maybe they oh, could have I worked a couple close, extra yeah. hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> Dan, Dan Hauser in the in the back of the room.
0: <laughs> Come on, he's guys!
1: A, he's got a gun to my head. He's like
0: yes crunch is good chris crunch is good (laughs) right off of that's why you keep talking about him this episode he's right off to the side he's like you will remind people that i that dan hauser was good but actually you kind of were saying you're going to shit all over him so never mind
1: (laughs) do you want to go bowling cousin yes i do
0: mr hauser (laughs) (laughs) no all right next thing up on the list Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics have apparently never heard of the Stryzand effect when they DMCA'd Last Stand Media over their leaks of the new Tomb Raider game, currently titled Project Jawbreaker. Uh, We should be careful or we'll get DMCA'd as well. As Uh, long as we don't reenact the script, I think we'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we did reenact the script, though, once. It's good times. Yeah, that was Good times uh moriarty and company revealed a ton Team about the game including that laura kid. will apparently be a lesbian <laughs> project zero <laughs> zero hour isn't that what it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah project zero hour <laughs> <sighs> all right um laura will apparently be a lesbian uh apparently. this must oh this must be not Camille Vavre, whatever her name is. Brent, um, for the love of God, finish the news. How have you not learned this yet? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's my brain. I used to do the news. I think that's what it is. I knew what I was doing. So, And notably, the game will seemingly be moving away from the Camilla luddington led trilogy as they're hiring a new actress. Who they want to be committed to seeing the story through. The synopsis for the game is as follows. <gasps> Laura Croft is now at the top of her game. Gone are the days of the young, inexperienced woman dealing with matters of legacy and familial reckoning. Laura has fully let go of her childhood and embraced a life of adventure and purpose. Um, Laura has become lonely at the top. The beginning of this next chapter presents Laura with a quintessential adult problem. This sounds so fucking stupid. I don't even know how to describe that but I also I am not envious of the person who has to come up with the way to pitch this shit to somebody because it's hard to do but um, the beginning of this next chapter presents Laura with a quintessential adult problem facing something too big to handle alone this sounds like a porno script (laughs) read that one she's the last (laughs) man in the game (laughs) On this new adventure. She she ran into RJ Burger. It was too yeah. much for her to handle. Yeah. <laughs> On this new adventure, Laura will encounter a challenge she can only overcome with a team at her side. This sounds even more like a porn script. I don't know what is happening here. Listen, I think that everybody was talking about how they love the old Laura and how she was just like a badass bitch who was went out and was like, Yeah, I'm looking through this fucking tomb. What's up? Yeah, there's dinosaurs in here. I'm going to fucking shoot these dinosaurs, bro. (laughs) Which I will tell you, as a kid, I thought Laura Croft was bad fucking ass. Because I was like, this bitch is just shooting a T-Rex. Zero fuck. I did a backflip and shot the T-Rex. That's fucking sick. (laughs) Sick. I've been debating playing those games because I have the
1: Tomb Raider Anniversary Collection on PS3. Which supposedly is not very good, but I have it. And I thought about playing them all. Giving them a shot, dude.
0: Uh, the remake of the of the first game, or whatever they did, Tomb Raider. I think it was called Tomb Raider Anniversary. Actually, um, was great. I played it on PSP many yeah. moons ago, so maybe it was tainted by that. But it, I, it was
1: fun. I like Tomb Raider Anniversary, Tomb Raider Legend, and Tomb Raider Underworld.
0: Yeah, I didn't play Legend or Underworld, so that might be why it's not considered good. But I liked Tomb Raider Anniversary because it was essentially a remake. Pretty fun game, uh, but yeah, I mean, I did. I really liked the first Tomb Raider for the, the 2013 reboot that they did. Um, the second one was okay, and then the third one kind of got... I don't know, man. I got tired of lore after that, but it's, I think that partially came from the fact... Do you remember when the, the news media, the game media, uh, and therefore the internet bubble that focuses on that too hard was getting all up in the game's ass over the fact that they had a uh, a part of the game where Laura had to suffer some, like, sexual assault stuff. Mm-hmm. I do. I think that any of the more adult leanings that they were going for, where they were yeah, tackling more interesting off. things, they got scared away from. And I think that's why you end up with the two follow-up games that kind of seem to lose their way. And they, they seem to lose what Laura was even about in the first game because they got all that flack. Um I still enjoy the games, but I think that they're so forgettable. Ironically, I remember more about the story of Tomb Raider 2013 than the other two, and I've not played Tomb Raider 13 since the game 13. hit TS Plus in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: going to be real so, with you. I think those games are carried off the beginning 20 minutes of Tomb Raider 1, and they have not been good since that 20 minutes.
0: Really? I thought that the majority of the first reboot was pretty good and fun, fun puzzles. like It wasn't perfect, but I thought definitely at the time when a lot of people were looking at it and saying like, well, this is just Uncharted, I thought it actually proved that while it definitely leaned into a lot about Uncharted, it justified how different it was by being like, we're going to be hub areas and we're going to look at those hub areas with having gun play and stuff that's built around you having to go and craft and find. I felt like it was able to differentiate its way that way. It was just more story focused in a way that was cinematic- in a way that was uncharted like at the time it's easy to see the comparisons um yeah i do think i mean they're fun to play and i beat all three of them i just you know it went from i remember that i was like oh damn it sucks that i'm not going to be able to play uh rise of the tomb raider on ps4 (laughs) so i bought it on pc and then i played it and i was like it was okay like that was cool but i don't know i could have waited and played it on ps4 next year (laughs) yeah And then
1: forgot it was coming. So then never played it at all.
0: That actually could have happened. I didn't play Shadow of the Tomb Raider until significantly later when it was free. Yeah. (laughs) Or on sale heavily. One of the two. I think it was free. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, are you a big Tomb Raider guy at all? No, not
1: really. I think think it's cool. But uh, Angelina Jolie is the only Tomb Raider I care about. So that should tell you how much I care about the franchise.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I liked it as a kid. I think it was because my dad had those games. So when we inevitably got handed down the PS1 when he got the PS2, mm-hmm. I was able to play those games a lot. Again, that poor childhood mentality because it's like I had – my dad had the thing that had Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 in one case. Uh, it was like a collection for all three of them. Um, and so I got to play all three of those. And I thought they were a good time. But – I will say I used to be wowed by games more when I didn't have as much options because I guess it was like oh wow I've never experienced anything like this because I didn't have context for what else was out there until I was a little bit older true Um, so I don't know if I would have ever gotten into Tomb Raider as much as I did had it not been for that but I think Laura was clearly very large coming into the early 2000s and out of the late (laughs) 90s (laughs) very large talking about titties (laughs) My man. Dude, I'm sorry, but the sentence Laura the the next chapter presents Laura with a quintessential adult problem. Why would you put adult in that sentence? Because that Uh, makes it sound worse anyway. And then to follow that up with facing something too big to handle alone, it sounds like you're (laughs) begging me to write a porn (laughs) script from this. What if it is a porn script? Dude, if it's a if it's an AO. Tomb Raider game. <laughs> you will have fully subverted my expectation. You will have Ryan Johnston this entire thing. <laughs> the
1: last Tomb Raider. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I you know and I know that there's porns with this name, but yeah, raider? Tomb Raider. Tomb raid her. Uh. Or mm. womb raider. raider her tomb. Ooh.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: Ugh. Laura uh, Croft and the D Rex. <laughs> Tomb is a bad one. That makes me think of uh, Grandma's Boy. Whenever Nick Swartzen ends up getting with the grandma, and he's talking about, <laughs> it, he's like, "There was cobwebs in her. <laughs> it smelled like the Great Depression." Uh, funny movie though. Incredible movie. movie. We talk about it on uh, Many Moon Yeah, many moons ago, uh, when Chris and I were more aspiring people, apparently. Uh, but Chris, I'm willing to do that, it again. Let's go. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing, but I don't know when the timing would, would work out. So uh, Man, just we'll see what stop happens. stop
1: playing Killzone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's it. Here's it is, guys. Look, you can go to patreon.com slash nartech and just give me money. And whenever I don't have to work a job that I sometimes wish I didn't have to work, then I can just do midweek matinee. There you go. If you want it, you got to build it. I feel like you got to build it by doing the show I, I, I was literally just about to say i'm pretty sure i just gave the explanation of what i needed to do but you're <laughs> <right. Shh>. <laughs> <laughs> no hey thanks to you guys who do that though thanks to you who go to patreon.com slash nortech and give a little of the dollar per month to support the show um the last thing we have on the news is still square enix related and crystal dynamics related uh square enix uh has come out to say that their reason for selling off um, Crystal Dynamics and the studios that go uh, with most of their Western development that they had going on was that – and I want to find the quote exactly because it's a very interesting quote. Um, this is over on Polygon. Um, that's where Chris pulled this from. But basically the idea was in so many terms – that they felt like Crystal Dynamics and their games were cannibalizing other sales. Now, I'm not really even sure how to bring this together because what was it cannibalizing? Sales of their Japanese games? Sales of their other Western-developed games like Deus Ex? is it saying it says cannibalized other sales now cannibalized typically means that it ate so like a good example for anybody who's thinking about like how to look at this a lot of people use the idea or the, the terminology of cannibalism for the way that EA chose to put out Titanfall 2 right alongside Battlefield 1 And the fact that it was one company putting out two games that were very similar and one was far more established than the other. And so, therefore, Titanfall 2 underperformed when you put a comparison to a game that came out and kind of mopped the floor with it in many ways. Um, So, when I'm looking at it from that way, I don't see how cannibalizing sales comes in. I can't imagine the Tomb Raider games were doing that. Now... What I can imagine is that you can look at Crystal Dynamics and say, well, they made the Marvel game that we know underperformed and that they cannibalized their other studios. I wouldn't say cannibalized, but basically they pulled in money for a game that underperformed that other studios could have used to make games that could have performed better. There's an argument to be made there, but I think this is such a weird way to go about this. So, It says the publisher's reasoning, according to analyst David Gibson, is that it's Western studios and their products might have been cannibalizing sales from the rest of the group. So selling them off could improve capital efficiency, Um, basically making more money relative to what the company spends to make more money, which sounds similar to what I'm talking about. Um, But odd choice of words. Now, I think these choice of words might have actually come from David Gibson, who's just an analyst. So maybe that's a better way to do it because the headline makes it sound like Square Enix used those words in specific. And from what I'm reading here, Square Enix did not use those words in specific. Rather, an analyst is looking at what they're saying and saying that they're, they would ca- categorize it and say it as cannibalizing sales. So choice of words from someone else is what it looks like. Um, Chris. Hi. What are your thoughts here? Um I don't
1: know. I feel like if the if the reason they did it was because it was cannibalizing, I feel like that's ridiculous. I don't know that Avengers was cannibalizing biggest game of a very long time Final Fantasy fourteen personally seems like kind of a cop out. yeah, it seems well, like a really interesting like- way to say Sony didn't want these studios. <laughs>
0: Well, if you remember, they were talking about that they were selling it and looking at doing things to double down into their Japanese development. Uh, That was another thing that came out that they were talking about um, doubling down on Japanese development. And then there was something else that came out in the news this week. And I don't think it was here, though it could be, is that Square uh, Square Enix is interested in letting people have stakes in their developers. And I don't even know. So this is GameSpot. And the headline reads, Square Enix could be selling stakes in even more studios. So, says Square Enix is looking to uh, devote more resources to its Japan titles and projects. Um, now, who? let me see what Dave Gibson is. Is he related to Square Enix in some way? And then that makes this make more sense. No, he's just a senior analyst at MST Financial. All right. Okay. This is also from him. The publisher will, will be reviewing its portfolio to see which studios it will want to retain full ownership of or offer stakes to the other interested companies. Uh, as Gibson explains, Square Enix views the strategy as a way to devote resources to mainly Japan, uh, Japan titles and could see interest from Sony, Tencent, and Nexon, um, which are three big, more Eastern-based gaming uh, juggernauts. So... I don't know. I mean, clearly, as we know, a lot of success came from their Japanese games last generation, Uh, interestingly enough, because they were some of the ones wrought with the most interesting, like, elongated development times. But then Kingdom Hearts 3 takes five years to get done, and they announced it too early, but then it comes out and sells more than any Kingdom Hearts game before it, by far. And then Final Fantasy fifteen takes technically over a decade to make if you include it with 13 verses, and then they shit the game out in a year and a half and it goes on to sell more than most final fantasy games have sold final fantasy seven remake also a massive seller final fantasy 14 online massive seller so I could understand that and I could even see how if you're talking back to what you're talking about, Chris, where if you're wanting to make yourself look good to a potential buyer, the way to do that is to only keep the parts of your business that you can specifically show growth with so that you don't have to be like, oh, well, hey, the team that made Marvel's Avengers and lost us money, as far as we're saying, uh, is part of us. You can go, hey, we've trimmed the fat. All mm-hmm. we have is the lean meat that you want and that you we have proof performs Bam. No gristle on this steak, baby. <laughs> at the same time, this move sounds like, to me, a version of Square wanting to... If they're looking at selling stakes in certain studios to Sony, Tencent, or Nexon, and they're looking at them as potential people to come in, that sounds like the main move is to let Square still remain independent and only sell the parts of itself that it still doesn't consider profitable enough, and then maybe just have partnerships with Sony uh, the way that they do currently for console exclusivity or time exclusivity to make up extra money that way. What do you think? I mean, do you you still think that this is ultimately just a way to to disguise Square Enix trying to make themselves look better for purchase for somebody, be it Sony or Tencent? Or do you really think that they would want to stay independent? I don't think... (laughs) What are they going to do if
1: they stay independent, right? Like that seems kind of crazy because the I can only see them being interested in like whatever they call the Final Fantasy
0: Sixteen Studio. What's it called? Uh, The Sixteen Studio, Luminous. Yeah, Uh, Luminous. Not Luminous. uh, Forspoken. It's like isn't it Creative Business Division
1: Three? That's exactly what it is. So like, why would Sony? Why would Square Enix sell that? Without selling the company. And why would Sony buy. Luminous. When. Instead of buying. Creative business suite. D7 or whatever it's called. Like why would you do that. So I don't see any reason. For them to stay independent. Unless Square Enix is like. You can have everything except Final Fantasy 14. And at that point. Why would Sony be like Yes be like no we're by they probably want to buy them for final fantasy 14 and they can do the whole hey we've got bungie over here helping us out and we've got the team behind final fantasy 14 teaching us how to make an mmo and now your kill zone mmo is coming out and it's going to be the greatest thing of all time like why would you why would you split that up or any of that doesn't make sense to me.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I get what you're saying that their biggest games tends to come from their primary things, which is uh, creative business unit. One creative business unit, two, three, and four. Those are their four primary ones. And they each have different things connected to them and they kind of rotate through certain times. Um, but then you come down and look at some of their other own studios. I mean, you do have things like Tokyo RPG Factory, uh, which made things like I Am Setsuna. So they have this is going to sound weird, but li- listen to what I'm saying. And then I think I- I'm still curious to see what you say, but I think it may be a little less of a uh, to you because we've been talking about Sony getting to a point where they're buying up studios that have made well-known games so that they can throw money at them to make games that act as easy day one um, PS Plus titles like Stray and whatnot, which is technically a partnership. But I think that there's, you could look and say, like, why would Sony want something that's not creative business, uh, you know, units one through four? I could see Sony being like, hey, Tokyo RPG Factory made some good games that were pretty critically acclaimed. They could be a great low budget day one thing to make games that get a lot of commercial or uh, rather a lot of online praise and whatnot that can be made fairly cheaply. Um, and then you have, like, I, I don't exactly know who is developing, and I should actually probably look into that. But I don't know which one of them are developing some of these, like, uh, projects uh, triangle strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the developer on that one? Is that know. one of the main business? Because if not, games like that and the uh, diod Chronicles or whatever is coming out, I could see Sony looking at that and being like, again... Good Japanese games that are a little more niche that we can give little budgets to, and bam, here you are. Um, it just says developers, art, dink, and <laughs> Square Enix. That doesn't help anything. Uh, my response to that is Tokyo RPG Factory has not made critically acclaimed games, so I won't say critically acclaimed, but they're like did I say know, I remember. <laughs> I said they, they that they would look for people. I, I know that I am Setsuna was a, a loved game. Now I don't know I am, much about it. I didn't end up playing it.
1: I am Setsuna has a 70, and their other two games on Metacritic are in the sixties. Like you're not
0: at that point make your own studio. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, if they didn't sell well but they were in the nineties, you could you could see that argument. Right. Yeah. And
1: I am they could all be good. Uh, clearly, critically, they're not, but like that doesn't mean they're not good. But
0: yeah, I'm looking at their list of uh, what they have. So they have Ballen Company, which is the one who made Ballen Wonderland. Who I <laughs> I doubt that's that going to
1: stick around.
0: Square Enix Image Studio Division. Now these are actually just subsidiaries. It may not always be uh, developers, but they do have Luminous, um, which could be something that they might want to look at selling. Because prior, we thought that Luminous was done apparently it's not because of Forspoken. Which the big question there, is Forspoken only happening because Sony went to Square and wanted a game? Or is Forespoken always going to happen and Sony got in early and said, hey, we're, we like to look at that. We're looking for games to partner with PS5. That's a question that we'll probably never know the answer to, but it could shed a lot of light on how much I, Square wanted to put into Luminous versus how much Luminous only survived because of interest from an outside company. I think your point... Would make a lot more sense
1: if Sony had bought Crystal Dynamics. They didn't.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? Had, had,
1: out of curiosity, what, like making games more? to put on
0: PS Plus. Oh, day one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like Crystal Dynamics and Idos Montreal and those IP make a hundred times more sense than Tokyo RPG Factory or Luminous Productions. Who I don't think Luminous Productions have they done anything? Anything I don't, of note? I, I, Final I Fantasy fifteen. So. They made Final Fantasy fifteen and Forespoken. So they've never made a good game. But see, I thought that they made fifteen. Yeah, I know. Like I said, never yeah, made a I good mean,
0: game. is <laughs> uh, not that bad. It's not also amazing, but it's not it's not bad. But
1: you're not spending the money on it.
0: <sighs> yeah, I do agree with that. If that's the only, now unless Forspoken comes out and actually kicks ass, which track record would make you think probably not. I have high hopes for it, but they're not delusions of grandeur. I just don't want to see a game that's been marketed and given this much attention and being a new IP for Square for the first time and a long time at the AAA level. I want to see them actually succeed because you do get to that point where you see a developer and like you kind of uh, like me. Right, I get tired of being like, oh, it's Activision. I know it's just going to be Call of Duty because Activision has, stopped, has reached that point where they've stopped caring about doing any kind of new and moving IP because they found IP that's largely successful, and that's what they're going to do. And Square kind of does that because Final Fantasy has been hugely successful. Why spend a lot of time making anything else if you can just make that? But uh, at the same time, I want to see people stress out from, uh, you know, go out from there. So other ones they have are hippos lab. I don't know who that is, but it looks like it's a lot of smaller studios. So that almost seems like that would be something that Nexon being a little bit more mobile focused would want to hop in on because I'm guaranteeing that a lot of these are very, um, they're probably a lot of the people that make squares, phone mobile division gaming. And I don't know how much money square pulls in from mobile versus what they spend on it. Um, sorry about dogs for anybody who has them. Honestly, the more I look (laughs) at this, the
1: The more I look at this, like if if Square wants to stay independent, you don't buy them, because none of the stuff they have seems worth it to anybody, except them for whatever reason they're doing it. Like I just don't like. I'm looking at this and I'm like Tokyo RPG Factory. I like the concept, and maybe you could look at me and say, I think Sony buying this for like. 50 million dollars off square enix and investing in it is a good idea and i would say yes and then i would look at you and go but they just closed japan studio so what's the probably plan? not right yeah and yeah. then but but again why <clears throat> wouldn't you take that 50 million dollars and make a studio at that point you're not buying a studio with pedigree. Like I, you could, you could sit here and tell me that I Am Sasuno was your game of the year that year. I loved it, and I would look at you and tell you that they sold soft and they weren't reviewed well. So it goes in the same camp as Alpha Protocol for me. You know, like it's a mediocre game. You don't need to spend to buy that off Square Enix. Just make a studio for that. Like that's it. Doesn't you know? I, I understand the idea, but I just don't see the execution in buying these as worth it.
0: I don't see yeah, why you could do see it. that yeah straight anything but the the main meat of them right i i the o- only reason I see for anyone to buy
1: Square Enix is to take that money from Final Fantasy 14 and to take to have the i p of Final Fantasy. And that's it. Like you could, the the more interesting thing was if we could find a list of all the IP they own.
0: And oh, they, they own a
1: lot. Oh, yeah. of course. And all of the, you know, their game engines may be a big thing, but right now, unless you're getting um, Business Studio 78, I don't see why you buy Square Enix. But to be fair on this podcast, I've been saying forever there is absolutely no reason to buy Square Enix unless you're terrified that Tencent's gonna buy them and you're like we need Final Fantasy then fine and quite and I think honestly Sony's best move even though they've moved away from Japan is to look at Microsoft and go they're the home of WRPG as as much as I hate to say it coming from Sony's side anyway I don't particularly care they're the home of the WRPG we need to go back to our roots and become the home of the JRPG so guess what we're buying Atlas we're buying Square Enix We might buy Sega. You know, that's the kind of stuff they need to do if they want to compete with Microsoft. And if you're not trying to compete with Microsoft, then don't buy Square Enix. Just keep buying their exclusives.
0: So for me, I think the way that I would look at this is that Square Enix is a decision that makes a lot more sense if you look at buying Square Enix as part of making sure that they continue to have a foothold in Japan. Now, right now, they're doing that by just partnering with Square Enix and getting the games there. But when you close Studio Japan, which to be fair to Sony, it hurt. And I, and, you know, when you think about the games that you love from them, no Studio Japan game has ever been a massive seller. It just has They were always really cool games that brought with it most of the time uh, a lot of uh, cult like following love. Like you know, there's a a lot of people love Gravity Rush. It didn't sell very well, but it, a lot of people love that series. Um, Ape Escape, similar things. So all their series that lost with that and that pedigree that you think comes from that are sad that they're gone. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're going to do that because of the business aspects of it not being manageable for long, and you can only hold on to pedigree and uh, good faith and stuff like that for so long before it starts feeling like you're bleeding money, where you could be doing something better. Square Enix makes money on their Japanese titles. Their Japanese titles are huge and renowned throughout Japan. They make they get the kind of love and coverage that uh, that uh, Square Enix, oh, sorry, that Sony Japan studio was getting but at a much more profitable level. So buying Square Enix to essentially become the new Sony Japan studio makes sense to me. And it also makes sure that they have a for sure, we can't lose it, uh, staple in Japan. So they can hold on to what they do in the Japan market, because mm-hmm. if they keep going, they can lose the Japan market entirely due to Nintendo. Um, and then they can also let Microsoft get a foothold there that they've never really had. Like they're doing better this gen than ever before. So if we're looking at the reasons as to why they may do it, I could see that. Um, I think outside of that, if I look at buying them, I think that, you know, I look at franchises like Final Fantasy and like Kingdom Hearts. And I know that you're not a big fan of specifically Kingdom Hearts. And I, you've not played a lot of Final Fantasy um, that I'm aware of.
1: No, uh, I'm
0: but those are huge franchises. They're oh, really yeah. big franchises that people love. I was going to actually say the
1: same kind of thing where I was just looking at it. I'm like, I love Persona. So, if you know, I hope that they keep Persona on the console, whether it's exclusive or not, I don't care. But even just looking at this, you get Dragon Quest, Star Ocean, and Final Fantasy in your portfolio to rival Fallout, Elder Scrolls, <laughs> Redfall. <laughs> It's totally fine. God, Redfall looks like shit. I'm sorry, Um, but you're you're good. You are the home of JRPGs de facto. Yeah, and and they've
0: already right. They have that, but buying Square ensures
1: that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you want if you want to mirror Microsoft, but in the eastern side of the world, you go hey, screw it. We're buying Square. We have these four. We're putting the money into it. Dragon Quest Twelve is. Nintendo, PC, and PlayStation, you know, and then at that point, maybe this is crazy, but there's almost an argument that it wouldn't even be worth it to Microsoft to go after Persona because they just lost the Japanese market no matter what they do.
0: Right. Yeah. Because right, the only thing they could do is go after the market in America that likes Japanese titles. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, different move. That's a, that's a very different move.
1: Buying buying Persona when Sony has exclusivity on Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy and Star Ocean is like that scene in Monty Python where the guy gets all his limbs cut off and he's like it's just a flesh wound. That's yeah. all that's what it is. It'd be like, "Oh, at least I have the head." It's like, "Yeah, but you have you don't have
0: you don't have JRPGs. No one cares." Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm not, not even devil's advocate. I'm going to actually talk about something that I like, and this is kind of a – I like the ideology around it. It doesn't always mean that it makes perfect business sense, but if any business can do it, it'd be Microsoft because the amount of money that they have to work with. Um, I am a big proponent of if there is a hill that you can reasonably try to make a stand on. You should try and make a stand on that. So while it may not... You're right. They'd be strong-arming Microsoft heavily. But I still think in that situation, Microsoft would and should still try to go out of their way to get some kind of presence in Japan, be it by getting known franchises or doing what they try to do with Scalebound and get with a studio that people... Know and love, and get them to make exclusive content for them because why not? It's just—I mean, oh. if if there if it exists there, and there's a chance that you can do something in there as much as people act like there's not, uh, you know, it's it's like it's why I think Sony should have continued in the handheld market. Just because Sony made bad dec- bad decisions with their own handheld doesn't mean that they don't have potential in that market. It just means that they need to think about what they're doing before they go into that market again. But that market's still there and ripe to be made, just like for Japan. So,
1: well, let me go ahead, be clear then, clearly. Um, I'm not saying Microsoft should not do it, right? I mm-hmm. hope they should. I hope they invest in it. I hope we get cool of stuff course. like Blue Dragon from Microsoft. My point yeah. is more like you're trying to break in to Japan and Sony just bought the three biggest Japanese. I'm including Star Ocean because I know it's a JRPG. I don't know how big Star Ocean is. So we'll just reduce it down right. to Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, which I'm not a huge JRPG guy. Pretty sure those are the biggest. <laughs> so what do you, you know, it's kind of like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like if I was trying to lose weight and it, it's it's big smoke from GTA, right? It's him doing that gigantic drive through order and being like, let me get a Diet Coke. You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's that same kind of well, thing.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that like inverse, right? I expect Sony to still try and go after big WRPGs regardless of the fact that every, Microsoft is doing everything in their power, whether on purpose or just by means of, oh, oops, we, we got all these people. But Microsoft has ended up, whether on purpose or not, as the home of WRPGs. Mm-hmm. And if That's realistically.
1: I think my thing is more just like, I think it, maybe I'm being hypocritical. Totally fine. You can tell me if I am. But I don't know that Fallout and Elder Scrolls, while huge... Are the same in their respective genre as Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest are. I could be wrong in my assumption, but I can tell you that I just played a real bad WRPG. And because, yeah. Alex, fucking terrible. Don't play that game. The fact that people, more people are making WRPGs than they are making traditional JRPGs. How many. I could could probably look at my shelf right now and have like 50 WRPGs that aren't from them. You know, Alpha Protocol, which I guess Obsidian, so (laughs) take it as you will. (laughs) But, you know, stuff like that, I can look at this and be like, there are more WRPGs on my shelf. Dragon Age, Dragon Age 2, you know, Dragon Age, whatever the hell they're calling this one. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, besides the fact that you have to deal with the fact that Pokemon is owned by Nintendo, and there's not much you can do about the fact that Pokemon is considered a JRPG all day long. Uh, Just for anyone who is curious, uh, Pokemon sits at 380 million units sold. Uh, Final Fantasy is the second most uh, highest at 164 million units sold, and Dragon Quest is directly under it with 83 million units sold. And then uh, the next one up is monster hunter at 78 million and then a huge drop down to kingdom hearts is the next at 35 million mm-hmm. so it goes to say that would definitely buying square enix would put you to where you have three of the top five selling jrpgs of all time right and i don't know that you're going to be able to get capcom but monster hunter would be a huge get for sony if you want to be the home of the JRPG. Realistically. Now, I want to make it clear that I don't personally necessarily want game studios and companies to uh, merge and consolidate that much because I think it's ultimately a bad idea for competition. (laughs) For a lot of reasons, (laughs) Uh, I don't necessarily want... Sony coming in and saying hey you can't make these games the same way anymore because we're trying to puritanicalize everything you know that's well you say that like they're making these games
1: for Xbox anyway that's one of the things
0: Um,
1: I think I know this will never happen because Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer are not as creative as they think they are but if Jim Ryan wanted to play chess right now he would buy Square Enix be like we'll give you Final Fantasy 7 Remastered we want Elder Scrolls 6. Why are you not doing that? Why? Yeah. We'll give them all to you. We want Bethesda, we want the specific Bethesda games. I don't give a fuck about Wolfenstein. I like Wolfenstein. Couldn't give a shit. Don't care about Indiana Jones. But hey, we'll give you we'll we'll let you we'll Also let probably going to we'll, be a
0: multi-platform game, but you know.
1: Yeah, but we're operating on the fact that (laughs) Phil Spencer doesn't just buy things willy-nilly. Oh, no, Activision Blizzard. Um, That's hopping on
0: opportunity, buddy.
1: I agree. A little (laughs) Willard-nillard, if I'd say so myself. But I think it just doesn't make sense to me why they're not being more chestnut checkers about this stuff. Because they keep they keep telling us, Phil Spencer keeps saying, you know, Sony's not our competition. All right, then, bitch, where's my Elder Scrolls Six?
0: <laughs> yeah, where it at, dog? That, well, see, but that that's the traditional. All companies like to put a figurehead in that talks out of. And here's the thing: he may honestly believe that, but he knows that as the head of that company, he cannot. Make that res- that decision responsibly for the business sector. He cannot make the decision to not take the opportunity to draw people specifically to his platform. And I get that. That's the point of business is to try and do things to pull people away. But it's it is PR speak at best to say that Sony is not your competition. Sony okay. is your competition. It's like like I I I think I had a great tweet the
1: other day, and I just sent it to you so you can look at it. But it it's very demonstrative of what they're doing and it's xbox goes good morning to console players pc players mobile players cloud players and any other platform you play on players to which i just quote tweeted it and did the uh say my name from breaking bad
0: <laughs> i think it's a great tweet fuck everyone who didn't that is, like it that is a good tweet <laughs> but
1: it's it's kind of exactly what i'm saying if they're not competition why don't you say playstation and switch players what are you losing by yeah. saying that? If Apple's your competition, you're fucking lying. But also like just say PlayStation. Just say it. Yeah. Say my name. Like I don't know. I just doesn't <laughs> Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Um. <laughs> Got one big one. It was deserved. It was deserved. Uh, thanks. I was really happy with that one. I'm like this is the, the one. PR. I'm blowing up. <laughs>
0: They are. I've retweeted it.
1: <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'm gonna get a whole two other tweets on that. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't I don't know. It's one of those things where like just saying it's an unforced error, in my opinion. Like just just using that terminology, because then it makes me go to you and be like, Okay, then why can't I play this on my PlayStation? Why won't you take yeah. my $70 and just tell your your fans you're getting better value? It's because are uh, yeah, they're your competition. I don't yeah, know why I said we. Yeah, but.
0: and as as we've <laughs> said a million times on this show, I mean, it's if all if, if Xbox and it is and PlayStation's been there, but they've never been this open. PlayStation's been like, hey, everybody, you know, power to the players, but also everybody, you know, like that big uh, Kevin Butler speech where he came out and did you know the ode to gamers or whatever, and he was kinda, it was. It was, yeah, it was. It did such a hype moment in gaming. And it was oh, great yeah. because it felt inclusive without feeling like it was trying to spoon feed me the fact that I'm, that, oh, yeah, here's what we want to hear from a PR standpoint. It acknowledged that there's competition, but that it's friendly and everyone's welcome. Whereas Xbox tries to do this thing, and I'm not even like hating on them in a big sense. I just don't like it when you have Phil Spencer in one breath saying, oh, we love, uh, you know, we think all players should be able to play everything. We're trying to take down barriers, but then you're telling me I can't. Played on the opposing on the Mm -hmm. the competition machine, and I don't care that I can't play it on my machine. I just want you to be honest about what's going on. If you're being honest about what's going on, it's not that you're trying to cut down barriers. You're trying to cut down barriers for people to play on something you own and can make money from. You're not as worried about cutting down barriers on your competition systems because they know that if they put their game on PlayStation system, every game that's sold on PlayStation system, PlayStation will make enough money to be like, oh, damn, we're losing out on something we could have. It's just it's the business aspect of that. And that they want to keep it on theirs. And that's fine. But don't spoon feed me a line to make me feel good and feel like I'm part of this great, inclusive cloud of fuzzy gamers who love each other and hug. That's not how it works. Real real gamers who are friendly to everything, we just know that people play other consoles and are cool with it. We're not like, everybody deserves to play every game. And guess what? That may be true. Everybody does deserve to play everything. But that's not the way that the world has worked. And until that actually happens... I don't want to hear Phil Spencer tell me again that everybody should be able to play every game and then turns out I can only play Elder Scrolls 6 on PC or... Uh, and it, I have a PC, yeah. but it's still, it's just... And, and I would say the exact same thing if Jim Ryan came out and said, we believe all players should be able to play... Actually, PlayStation's kind of doing that. Bungie's games are going to be still released on every platform and supported mm-hmm. on every platform. So, I mean, you know what? <laughs> Here right. we are. <laughs> Sony,
1: like, for all the shit we give them about what some of the stuff they do, they are actually being more w- when everyone plays, we win than Microsoft is, who are the ones who said that shit. And again, yes. I'm on this show multiple times being like, I think exclusives are dope. I do not care if you can't play the game as long as I can. And that's me being just selfish. Yeah, exclusives are. I awesome. have a PlayStation. Yeah. You have an Xbox? Fuck you. You made the wrong choice. You don't get to play Spider Man. Like, that's how I feel about it. I know that's shitty and people don't like that anymore because we're fucking children, apparently. But, like, I chose a well, PS5. Yeah. So it's dope. Well, look.
0: Here's the because I think it's important to spe- specify, and I think I know the answer. Hey, Onyx. Uh, podcast Cats here, everyone. Um, yeah. I, what I would say <laughs> it, I agree with you in the spirit of fun ribbing like if, if i'm talking to a friend and he's like oh dude oh, shit man i wish i had a playstation i really want to play spider-man it's like haha fuck you How about the playstation you chose the wrong system and then he can ribbingly say ha, dude Elder girl 6 is sick i wish you could be playing it on your playstation and then ah fuck you you chose the wrong system that's fun that's yeah, okay and it's <laughs> <laughs> but i think just so everyone knows you, Because I I do think it's important. There's a difference between fun ribbing of people and saying, ha-ha, I chose the better console for what I prefer in gaming. And whenever you want that too, it's just that you chose the wrong console for that specific want. Because it's true. First of all, you did choose the wrong console for the want that you had. If you want to play Spider-Man, Spider-Man is not a game I would have thought that would be a game that would end up being exclusive to Xbox. If If someone put a gun to my head 10 years ago and said... If if, if Spider Man was going to be exclusive on one of the two major competing platforms between Sony and Xbox, which one would it be exclusive on? I would have never in a million years thought it would have been exclusive to Xbox, mm-hmm. because it doesn't fit into the type of games that I typically view as Xbox exclusive. Definitely ten years ago. But well, point being,
1: the one thing I want to say is like this: the, the the it's not like I'm sitting here in a in a castle of of being happy about exclusives. There's going to be a time where someone's going to go back to my old comments about exclusives and put a crying Wojak face over me when fucking Fallout 5 gets announced to Xbox exclusive, right? Like, I will sit on this show and bitch about it. But at the same time, like, I have, I can go spend $500 on an Xbox Series Z because by the time that comes out, it'll be the next console. But it's just a matter of, like, I don't know. I like exclusives. It makes me like, oh, fuck yeah, I chose the right shit. God of War, hell yeah. And I think uh, there's a difference to me with first party and third party exclusives. Like Sony buying Final Fantasy, it's it, ma- it makes the value better, but that does kind of suck. But like everyone crying about Spider Man, sorry, dog, that's a first party game. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you, dog. Like, <laughs> are you really expecting like Sony to be like, Oh, Spider-Man is a character with such rich history. So we're gonna spend a hundred million dollars developing it, and then let everyone play it. It's not how it works, which they're actually doing now. But regardless of the fact, you know, well, they're not gonna point, just release Xbox it day and day right? on Xbox,
0: right? But point being, I, I, yeah, I mean, clearly it's all right. But I think that we've talked about this before. Exclusives are just the thing. Is like the same thing as like. When your favorite team goes to the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean that other teams can't do good. And But but you're like, ah, fuck you. Your team didn't make it. It's just... Oh, yeah. Again, there are people that take sports way more serious than that, I guess. But to me, the the fun of competition has always been around. And I like that. I like the feeling of being able to have my friend look at me and go, ha-ha, they bought Bethesda. You're going to miss out on playing Skyrim (laughs) 2. But... Yeah, I mean, we, we've we had that conversation on the show before. So I guess we don't need to retread that ground much more. But uh, I just ultimately... Sony shouldn't buy Square Enix. It don't. either needs to be all or none. Either everybody is putting all their games on everybody. Or if Microsoft does truly want that to be the, the way of the world, which they don't because they're a business, and why would they? But if they want that to be the, the way that the gaming industry goes, they have to put that in motion by being the first to say, well, yeah, we bought Bethesda. And we're gonna put all their things day one on Game Pass, and that's the value that we'll find there, but we're still gonna release the game so that everyone has a chance to play it on any console. And it's technically so, you can get you can get into that dumb semantics game of if ever if it was that you wanted everyone to play a game, then you'd make your games free and and your platform free because there's people who can't afford to buy your system, and your game. But that's just getting the stupidity um, Yeah, I wouldn't even like yeah, that. Uh, unfortunately, there are people yeah, yeah, but there are there's someone out there who I, I guarantee you has made that argument against xbox because they're mad that xbox have made these and i get it xbox has said things that are ostensibly false we can prove that by the fact that i can't play xbox games on my playstation right now and that's fine yeah but
1: where's my gears of war ps5 version
0: huh where's that yeah phil philip technically there was apparently a gears of war 3 ps3 version so i mean hell yeah i would play that it didn't release but i mean it existed Also, to be fair, Killzone, uh, Killzone 3's engine was made for multi-platform, even though we never got that game on any other platform. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I was looking into the development of Killzone Mercenary, (laughs) and it was kind of cool to see that apparently most of Mercenary is just Killzone 3's engine directly ported to Vita because it was already made to be multi-platform. That's pretty cool. It's interesting. Anyway, what were you going to say?
1: Oh I know I still don't understand why they didn't take the PR win of uh $70 on PlayStation $0 on Xbox if they want Game Dude. Pass to be huge. I don't understand it. Crazy good way to market too. Insane. Yeah. You'd have even me, well, no, not me, I'm lying. But you'd have the majority <laughs> of people being like, "I think I'm going to have to go with the Xbox version." I bought Wasteland yeah. 3 day one on PS5. Like, I'm full of shit. I I would never do that. But <laughs> <laughs> At least
0: you know yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Knowing is half the battle, Chris.
1: Right, exactly.
0: All right. But, man, um, honestly, I, there's not much else I think we need to talk about or that I want to talk about. What do you think the community's take should be That based off of anything we talked about today?
1: I was going to pitch a community's take. Do you want to go like a main topic? It can do you be wanna wildly wanna, different. Do you want to go back to the well of what we did previously and – we can use the community's take next week as the main topic and do what I was going to talk about. Does that make I sense? What I am saying you, to you? No, I was saying I we I, use, instead of the community's take being a response to us, we respond to the community's take because that was what I, like our main topic take is responding th- to. Hey,
0: take the reins. You go ahead. So I
1: was going to suggest that we talk about that game that's coming out. I don't know if you saw a uh, press X for trophies.
0: Is that literally the name of the game? Because if that so, that's hilarious. That is quite literally the name of the game. Nice.
1: And right. my idea was to talk about, and this is not a new topic. <laughs> um, people have definitely talked about it before, but just the state of the PlayStation Store, because I know you have some thoughts, and we can even include like the state of trophies and how something like My Name is Mayo, the greatest trilogy of all time, affects the the trophies and stuff like that and affects the store and how I was looking for crash four and it took four pages of scrolling to find it, you know, stuff like that. So I guess the community stake would be, what is your thoughts on easy trophy games, clogging the store, or what is your thoughts on the ease of access of using the PlayStation store or finding games with such, with such a, a dearth of mediocre to bad content,
0: I guess. This actually kind of plays into what Josh Shoup was talking about when he was talking about subscription services having a multitude of of this – not necessarily this bad, but a multitude of games that they know that nobody's ever going to want. But it just helps get your numbers up to the 700 range, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely there because you you got to wade through – you got to wade through a, a, a ocean of potential shit to get to the things that you know are good. But I don't think, I don't know, man, I used to think it was getting bad, but I, I am curious to see, cause I think a lot of people shared that sentiment for a while. Um, definitely when the media picked up big on life of black tiger and, uh, 1000 best picture, whatever that thing they got, it ended up getting delisted. <laughs> it was like, yeah. a, you put pictures together and get platinum. Um, uh, So I know that people kind of had that thought process, but I wonder now that we're into the PS five and we're many years past that kind of big hit, do you feel like that's still an issue? Uh, I mean, if they're making this game right now, it seems like the whole point of the name of this game is to mock. Well, the game
1: is a, the game. So from what I was reading, the game is a commentary on the state of the PS store and its story is told through its
0: trophies. That's awesome. I, I, I love that idea. Like I kind of want to get it and I, see what it says. The <laughs> irony is is that if this is also still an easy trophy so that it can kind of be like making a commentary while also playing into the com- to what yeah. it's commentating i this would be an easy trophy that I would actually be okay with getting because I think that the art around the idea of looking at this and using it in a creative way works. I agree. So, yeah I'm cool with that one so yeah we'll we'll get that up and posted uh, for you guys and then we'll just uh, react around so with that said I think I got some kill zone to get back to Chris you're gonna be able to stick around and get some kill zone stuff done with me because uh, I need yeah, you to I shoot could... me with a tranquilizer and let me live I still can't believe I got that fucking
1: trophy just not playing the game I'm assuming somebody was being that.
0: super cool and was like I'm just gonna shoot this guy and let him live because he's probably here for the trophies that would be dope
1: if you're a listener of this show thanks if you're not I mean, thanks, but I guess you'll never hear it. I
0: did think, it just, just quick story time, I did think it was funny that Chris was talking about how I need to go ahead and get this downloaded, and the first multiplayer match I hop into, I match make with Chris and get like <laughs> 10 kills on him for free.
1: Well, it's funny because I got my first, 10 kill streak trophy match. on you.
0: Really? That's yeah. pretty cool. I actually got my ten kill streak on a match where everyone was active and I was just on fire. But yeah. I did get like four free free heals on you that first match. where <laughs> We match made together.
1: It was funny. when I got when I got mine. It was rough because I it was you and one other player, and both of you were inactive, and I was the only one on my team. So I was literally just like sprinting around the map, hoping that like the icon popped up so I could find you. And then uh, it got to like thirty seconds left, and I had nine kills, and I'm like, no. Nope fucking way. I have to get this done now. And Eventually, I found you and killed you with like one second left. And I was like, my, nice.
0: Man. my man. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Now, I think my highest streak is 14. I was nice. trying so hard to get to 15 and I got capped, but you know, it's it's fun time. But now I can actually play the game instead of watching my character spin in circles. But I got to get that ace's high and the only way to do that is to constantly be making money. Always be selling. <laughs> <laughs> as the, as the, uh, the workforce will tell you, but we guys, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, remember that if you want to be part of the community's take, you can head over to our discord, which is linked down in the description below. and we'll be part of it over there where you can talk with us on a daily basis. Um, as well as give your input on what we got going on with the show. You can go over to Twitter at triangle S Q R D and Hey Onyx, you can, uh, find us on Facebook in the group triangle squared PlayStation podcast. Um, you can go over to patreon.com slot, uh, dot com slash as I mentioned, and give us a little as a dollar per month to help the show, uh, like Mr. Matthew Tubbs did recently with his $5 a month, uh, patronage we appreciate you matthew and big shout out one thing we do for everyone who's a patron at least as long as it stays viable to do so is we shout out everyone who gives even as little as a dollar per month because it's really helpful to the show so without further ado we will see you guys next week and huge shout out to matthew tubbs aka sean awesome dave 1337 aztec king Lichion 69 the lord corgi Salvador Garcia, Hammond Egger, Bailey Robertson, Mark Schutz, Cipher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days '93, Kevin Baconvitz, Danny Villiobos, Jahudi M.D., No Fate, Josh Ayers, uh, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santa Steven Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank each and every one of you, and we hope you're doing well. Bye.